2: the phrase cosplay is not consent has been popping up a lot of conventions and people seem to assume that it just means inappropriate advances or touching by attendees. So while this is still a problem, there are more interpretations that extend beyond the cosplayers themselves. So I was contacted by a photographer who enjoyed my Zero Suit Samus cosplay on Instagram and requested a private photo shoot at Emerald City Comic Con. He agreed to my rates and we set up a time and meeting location near the venue for the shoot. We moved away from the convention center to an area with appealing backgrounds and a little foot traffic, and the shoot went underway. And as I posed for the camera and the photographer directed me, there were several passers-by who stopped to take photos. A few asked, to whom I replied politely, I'm sorry, this is a private photo shoot. Some started taking photos without asking. They either got a sour-looking Samus photo or a stern request from me to please move along. And at one point, someone came up next to the photographer and began directing me himself. I just stopped and said flat out, I'm getting paid for this shoot. That'll be $25, please. He scurried away without another word. Apparently, people are allergic to paying models. And then, of course, there was the asshole who directed me to stick your ass out further. You know, it's hard enough for models and cosplayers to get compensation, and having done both kinds of work in public, it's amazing what people feel entitled to say and do. This kind of entitlement hurts the business integrity of both the model and the photographer. At least have the decency to ask.
3: Thank you, Tia. That was Tia Smith, the assistant at our office, who's also a cosplayer. And hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I am Ryan Morrison, better known on the internet as Video Game Attorney.
1: I'm Austin Hoffman, known as Robot Austin.
3: I'm Ryan O'Connor, and I don't have a nickname. And today we're going to be talking about the fun world of cosplay. But before we begin, there's something uh, very important I want to address. And it's that you said Mario. You're also from southern New York, where we say Mario. So where where did that come from and why... Did you choose when, to live the life? Because when Mario
1: says it's a meme, Mario, he says Mario. He doesn't He's say wrong. Mario. It's
3: actually, I think it's racist and offensive for you to try to mimic an Italian accent. I just did not try
1: to do that for that specific reason
3: it's mario for sure he says it's anyway, just mario it, with the mario comics. i'm not gonna That's do the right.
1: accent but it's 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 a me Ma- mario it <laughs> says mario but you're
3: doing the accent on the name it doesn't matter we'll move on <laughs> but uh first first and foremost i want to thank everybody who is uh new here and joining us being linked in felix's uh pewdiepie's video obviously brought in a, not, a lot of new listeners so i just want to do a quick little recap of what we do and who we are uh i am an attorney i talk each week on here about how Uh, The law meets technology or or things around technology and around nerd culture in general. Uh, I am joined by my two friends, Austin and Ryan O'Connor, who uh, Austin's been doing this with me forever. He's the color commentator, we'll say. Uh, No formal training in the law or anything else. I'm just friends with a lawyer. That's right. O'Connor, likewise, has no uh, formal legal training or anything like that, but he's helped a ton on different projects. Uh, Going back to the Yes Golato stuff, he's been behind the scenes doing a lot of our research. So we thought it would be fun to have him on here, and honestly, just keep these episodes going rather than what Austin and I would often. And just so far, we've been running to rambling. Right. (laughs) And you're welcome for all of that. (laughs) Exactly. So today we are talking about cosplay and the law surrounding cosplay and the culture surrounding cosplay. We're going to have a great guest on, Stella Chu, who is one of the clients of our agency, but more importantly, one of the better known cosplayers in the world. Uh, I think second only to that one time I dressed up as Batman. (laughs) The the two things we're going to get into are the hashtag cosplay is not consent and the horror stories around the life of a cosplayer, as Austin alluded to in the opening narrative. And the other thing is, who owns a picture of a cosplayer? When you when you have your pictures taken, either willingly or unwillingly, who owns that photo, and, and can you get it taken down from the internet if it's not you? And the answer uh, may surprise much, you. Yeah, how much control do you actually have over your likeness? So we're going to get into all that. But first, O'Connor, take us through what is cosplay. Well, cosplay is a shorthand term for costume play, where
4: everyone in question dresses up as a certain character. A lot of people would think... Th- would uh, have images that come to mind of dressing up as, like, Luke Skywalker or Lara Croft or Batman. Batman! But that's only the tip of the proverbial caped iceberg. Cosplaying has grown into a worldwide phenomenon, with competitions for costumes occurring at conventions around the world.
1: See, Austin?
3: You're not alone when you want to dress up as Sailor Moon anymore.
4: I
1: love Sailor Mercury, okay?
3: He does love you're and I hate that I know that. Uh, but it's it's true, and uh, there it's everywhere now. I mean, it's it's always been around. People have always dressed up, but it's become a lot more of a profession. It's become a lot more of uh, true competitions. Uh, they started back in the days, very small, you know, in the side room things where you could you would go there and buy a round of applause, you would vote for your favorite. Now there's a lot of money, there's a lot of prizes, and more importantly, these costumes have become ridiculous. The amount of effort and time that goes into some of these things. It's so elaborate,
1: gonna... too. It's crazy. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, we've seen, like, transforming Transformers. We've seen Reinhardt come in that was powered by, like, seven people. We're going to let Stella get into that more after after in the second half of this. But uh, it, it is it it just really incredible
1: is just... the amount of effort and love that goes into that kind of stuff.
3: Exactly. It's basically year-round Halloween. It's fun. Cosplayers don't like that term,
4: Ryan Morrison. It is not year-round Halloween. It is much more than that. Well, well, I apologize, I actually didn't know that, but why?
1: Yeah, because you didn't buy your costumes at, like, Spirit...
4: Well, no, I, there's there's two parts to that, is, is that the cosplay competitions themselves that go on at conventions, one of the requirements, 99.9% of the time, is that they have to home make these things. So, no, it's not like just like you get to go to Spirit Halloween and pick out the Superman costume with the fake muscles and show up and be like, hey, I'm Superman. No, these people pump hours, if not days and months, into their costumes and then go up and compete against other people who have done the same thing. You're not getting that. Reinhardt costume that you just said that was powered by seven people or if you meet somebody that has like a real-life Transformers costume or if they're dressed up as like a giant Lego person oh, or that and person
3: that was
1: dressed up as clock, as a clockwork at the Dota
3: International well or I, I that think person. that's I, I think that's fair I think it's an unfair stigma to, to Halloween uh, one of my good friends who passed away Ryan West may he rest in peace would put in an insane amount of work to his Halloween costumes every year we would go to his Halloween party just to see the elaborate, ridiculous, transforming costumes he would he come probably up should with. have
1: been cosplaying. Well, and, that's
3: what I meant when convention. I meant the, the the Lego costume. That way, actually, met Ryan West as well. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he's he he was a legend for those for sure. But I understand the stigma. You know, I didn't go to the store and buy this, but and I didn't mean that offensively to all of our cosplay listeners. And in fact, the person who helped put a lot of this together is one of our research assistants, Caroline. She is a cosplayer for awesome. a lot of a lot of years now. Uh, we're going to talk about some of her stories in the second half with Stella, and it. It's a way crazier world than I realized, to be honest.
1: Listen, when you start making your own costumes and dressing up as, like, your favorite anime and cartoon people, things can get pretty crazy.
3: So then another important thing to consider is what makes a cosplayer a cosplayer. Just like I said the Halloween joke and and definitely offended some people, I'm sure there are other people (laughs) who consider themselves a cosplayer and all they do is buy a batman outfit and go out to to cosplay uh conventions, conventions i mean yeah. you see a hundreds of deadpools every time you go those are certainly usually store-bought uh do you think that they don't consider themselves cosplayers what i is think those people cosplay? are i
1: think those people are enjoying themselves they're probably just not going to enter into any contests especially if the contests yeah,
3: require
4: I mean, it's it's, it's hand yeah it's different it's that what when, when i mean like Competi- there's a difference between professional and competition level like competitions are just they sign up for it at the conventions themselves and then they go and compete against other people who are cosplaying there's also like, what we would say professional cosplaying where you're it's almost like you're a professional model except you're dressed up as video game or comic book characters and you're paid to do so
1: alright so let's say I'm in a convention and I'm dressed up as Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy 7 and somebody takes a photo of me and then runs off uh, and I literally see it posted online can I have it taken down? Who owns that?
3: Yeah, no, that's a great question. There's uh, so what's what's surprising to most people is you don't own most photos of you. Uh, very often we get somebody who sends us a message saying, hey, get this get this photo taken down. It's from an old project I did or it's from an old marketing campaign I was on or whatever. Uh, but I don't like it anymore and I'm done with that. So go file a takedown and get it removed. The truth of the matter is you can't always do that when you have your picture taken for a promotional event or for uh, by even a professional photographer or whatever it might be, oftentimes you sign a release saying that they own that copyright to that photo.
1: All right, so That's if there's it. no release signed, then you can have it taken down? Like, like if, Well, that, so again, the, the yeah.
3: photographer still owns the photo. So if I take a photo of you, I own that photo. But you own your likeness. And likeness rights change state to state and country to country. But in most instances, you can get that removed if it's associated with uh, – if you are the target of the picture – So if you are not inconsequential in the picture, if you're in the background or something like that, you're going to have a very hard time getting it removed. If it's your face, especially if it's attached to commercial use. So if it's in a commercial or if it's on an ad or whatever, uh, that's going to be way easier to to not only get your picture taken down, but also sue them for damages.
1: So if Uh, I'm, let's say, Zach Braff and I see my face on a poster in Russia for erectile dysfunction pills, then I can have that taken down?
3: Yeah, but not a DMCA takedown. So that's – a. I mean there are arguments for for sure, but under most jurisdictions and most laws, uh, the copyright in that image does truly belong to the photographer. So even if they took it without your permission, they still own that copyright. But you own your likeness and there's different damages and different avenues to get those things removed and to go after the person who did it. Uh, but the, the actual copyright is surprisingly going to be with the photographer even if it's your face.
1: Wow, that sounds like a nightmare. If you want to have anything to do with trying to own your own likeness and photos.
3: Well, it happens all the time. Look around the internet at, at any ad on a third party on a crappy little website, and usually it's going to be a Zach Braff or or a you know hot celebrity just sitting there advertising something, and ha- they have no idea they're in it. Are you saying <laughs> Zach Braff's not a hot celebrity? I say, did I say Zach Braff or a hot celebrity?
4: or or a hot celebrity? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I
1: always thought it was How cute. How uh,
4: You leave that man alone. (laughs) So when I was doing my research into the uh, legal aspect of the photography itself, it says that most people are related to a person's reasonable expectation of privacy. Could you go more into that? I mean, it would seem like a a bathroom would probably be expected or a changing room. But
3: a reasonable expectation of privacy is is a basic right. It's in the Constitution. It's the Fourth Amendment for searches and seizures for, for your home and your car and things like that. But that's not the context you mean it here. Uh, The reasonable expectation of privacy here is basically if you're in public, you have no expectation of privacy. Someone can take a picture of you. It's why you can put up a picture of Zach Braff if you see him out and say, hey, here's my picture of Zach Braff. You can put that on your Instagram. You own the copyright to that picture. Uh, They don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy there to not have their picture taken. On the flip side, like I said, if you put that in a commercial or in an advertisement, you're using it for any kind of commercial purpose the reasonable expectation of privacy no matter no ma- no longer matters and now you have uh, you're basically using their likeness to promote something else. That's different. That's not okay.
1: And to play makes devil's sense. advocate it it makes sense that you should be able to take photos of people and things because if we start stamping out that then there's stamping out journalism and there's lots of dystopian stuff that you can start going into if you aren't allowed to take pictures of other people or other things.
3: Yeah, and I mean, it becomes an interesting question. Like, in Tia's story, uh, you know, she wasn't doing a modeling shoot, but she was doing it in public. So are people allowed to take pictures of that? I mean, the the answer is probably, yeah. Again, this is is like the raw law versus,
1: yeah, this is like raw law versus, let's say, uh, ethics or consideration for other people.
4: Yeah, I mean... You have to consider on the flip side, too. It's like, just like the... Radio host that just got busted for fraud charges, uh, Craig Carton, who does the morning show for sports. He like when he was walking to the court, I mean, obviously there was 12 photographers around taking photos. I bet you he doesn't want those photos taken. But because he's walking down the public streets in New York City, you're allowed to take those
3: photos. And celebrities have different rules. They do. Uh, Public figures have different rules with this stuff. But it's a it's a it's a hard issue because it is different in each jurisdiction. But the base rule here is that. The photographer has the copyright, you own your likeness, but if they're not using your likeness commercially, you're usually not going to be able to do much against their pictures.
1: Does well, a yeah. paper or, like, a, like an online article count as commercially, like, if you're using a photo of somebody for an article?
3: Well, that's an interesting question. It actually goes back to Felix's most recent video, too, PewDiePie, where he, he says, you know, I wasn't using the video commercially or something like that. I wasn't sponsoring anything. By the law, just even having commercials on your video is a commercial use. And you can use – you can be just writing your own little blog, but if you allow Google AdWords on that, it's arguably commercial use. Well, because uh, you're making money off of it. But Even if I it's mean, 12 cents, yeah, but – The question then becomes or the the reality becomes you know you can't really sue the damages are not no one read the blog and no one cares you made 12 cents on it there's not a lot of damages to it and since you own the copyright there is no statutory damages attached uh but i mean that's really the long and short of it it's it's uh it's a confusing topic with a fairly simple answer and it's not the answer everybody loves but let's get stella in here and talk about the reality of the world of cosplay
0: hello
3: hello how are you hey how's it going Good. This is Austin and O'Connor. This the, is uh, Austin. Hi guys. This is O'Connor.
0: Uh cool. So my name's Stella Chu, I've been cosplaying for about six years. Um six years is when I kind of really decided that I wanted to like do it all of the time and not just um, you know, with my anime club and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. Were you always
3: I mean, hardcore with it or did you wear like, you know, did you buy like an eight dollar costume from
0: the store and start that way? That was, yeah, before, before like, back in high school and college, like, that's what I did. Like, I'd, I'd either find an $8, you know, costume or my friends would make something for me. But when I graduated, I, like, started teaching myself how to make my own costumes, started, like, looking at tutorials and all that stuff.
1: That's incredible. My fiancé yeah. wants to do something similar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so and There's, there's, like, there's so much work involved. So you had no, no
4: crafting backgrounds whatsoever like no like sewing or tailoring expertise beforehand
0: no the only background i have is uh i have a graphic design degree which is kind of helpful in it like it helps you visualize way. things yeah but like it doesn't have any i don't have any of like the technical skill well i didn't have any now i do right i had to like teach all my my myself all that stuff that's yeah.
1: incredible. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and how how long before you started going to every convention and and making it kind of your day to day?
0: Right. Uh, I'd say well immediately as I decided that I wanted to make cosplay a big deal. I went to like like in that year I went to like seven or eight conventions, and then the next year after that I went to like fifteen, and then the next year after that I started going to like twenty. So it's like it's been just like steadily increasing because it's so easy to just go to a con pretty much every weekend now because there's so That's many cons crazy. out there.
1: There yeah, are an endless They're amount. springing up everywhere. What made you decide uh, to pull the trigger and go from, you know, like, amateur to professional?
0: Uh, I started... Um, I was inspired by people like Yaya Han, Vampy Bit Me, and Jessica Negri, and just, like, seeing how... Oh, I know Jessica Negri. Not- yeah. Yeah, like they weren't just kind of casually doing it the way everyone else was. Like they were putting themselves out there and making a name for themselves. And like I, I saw the potential in it that it could, it could become a profession. I wasn't sure exactly what the avenue was, but I understood like by seeing how they worked that this could be a, a possible future for me. And this was also the same time that like YouTubers and Instagram famous people were, were cropping up. So it wasn't so far fetched. It still seemed like, like it was within uh, my reach.
1: Yeah, when when famous people start doing it, or when when people start really getting interested in it, then it seems to legitimize the idea.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Now, now I called it uh, year-round Halloween, but in a non-offensive <laughs> way in the beginning. That Is that, that offensive?
0: offensive? I don't. No, it's not offensive. But on Halloween, it's I. I don't really know many cosplayers who actually cos like dress up on Halloween. We all end up staying home
1: because they don't want to get confused or uh, uh, minimized. I suppose.
0: It's funny. I think, like, they try and, like, make it out to be like, oh, you know, I'm just too tired, but, like, in fact, it's that I'm pretty sure it's because we're these, like, crazy narcissists and when <laughs> everyone else gets to be special, we don't feel special anymore so we just want to stay at home. I, that's an the that answer, yeah. Well, we, that's because...
3: what, was,
4: what Caroline, our uh, our assistant researcher, said. She's like, I'll, I'll go out and see all these people dressed up as witches and then people will compliment me for my outfit. It's like, I put in 50 hours
3: on this <laughs> on this wig alone Assistant yeah. to the researcher. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, she, they, everybody did say that. She also sent over a ton of horror stories about things she goes to at conventions, but it's not all bad. So I don't want to make it sound like it's all bad or no one would do it. Uh, you guys bring a, I, I see an endless amount of kids who think they just met a real superhero. And I also see adults who think it's awesome what you pull off and what you put together. So what is a typical con like for you?
0: Um, typically, it's actually really respectful. Um, it used to be pretty bad back in the day. And like once the uh, cosplay is not consent, movement started happening. um, the attitude really changed um like i I remember back in the day when going to a con we would be worried that maybe someone might like harass us might take an upskirt shot might touch us inappropriately and that was like you know three or four years ago and nowadays like it's not even at the forefront at all like we never think about that so we always feel like we can just like dress up however we want and it, it's a, I think it's a combination of cosplay not consent and also like strength in numbers. Like if everyone dresses in like a certain like like scantily clad way, then like no one gets offended by it. And no one like takes notice of it and it just becomes normal. So I, like normalizing like you know being being attractive is is a good thing.
1: I guess uh, having a public service thing actually work is is pretty nice.
0: Oh Making yeah, people is
1: actually a- realize. Wow, I guess I was being uh, an ass.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's the community changed or I mean, also at the same time, security got way better at these events. And there's like you said, there's strength in numbers. There's a lot more people doing it. Uh, I mean, you not to, to drone on it, but you must deal with some weirdo still.
0: Um, yeah, sometimes. Actually, all of the weirdos happen outside of the convention as I'm, like, trying to make my way towards the convention. It's <laughs> like the convention's my safe space, and, like, outdoors is, like, where all the creeps are. Because <laughs> I have tons of times where I'm just, like, walking down the street, like, from, you know, I just, like, I don't know, parked my car, and I'm, like, walking towards the con. And, like, I know there's going to be, like, s- at least one person who's going to comment about what I'm wearing or, like, try and touch my costume or, like, be offensive and stuff.
3: That's yeah, it's, it's uh... It's a strange world to be uh, – it's strange when the, the nerd world combines with the real world because I, I used to go to Comic-Con all the time and you would see an army of cosplayers walking over. And the, the regular people around Manhattan just uh, are used to seeing people who are dressed certain ways. But that was always eye-catching and always always kind of pulled everybody out. Uh yeah. It's it's fun though. I mean, I, I love that stuff.
1: Especially say, especially Comic Con. It always seems very uh, exciting and like when you're on the subway with like six other people that are wearing costumes and everyone knows you're going to the same place.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fun. I will say that growing up in New York City gave me this like um, outward demeanor of like don't mess with me, and so I channel that whenever I'm walking down the street, especially if I'm like cosplaying some kind of like character with a weapon. I will hold that in a very threatening way, and so that usually keeps me pretty safe.
3: That's amazing. Yeah. So, I, you know, like like O'Connor said, our research assistant and some of the other cosplayers, we put out a tweet earlier uh, asking for horror stories and a lot of dick shot stories, a lot of guys just showing their ass and sending it to them, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah, uh, and just, picks. yeah I mean, that's just ridiculous.
1: Internet uh, anonymity is pretty awful.
0: Oh, and he sent us to them, which is me the on worst. Twitter today, actually. Let me uh, pull <laughs> oh, on this my God. fantastic tweet. I How totally relevant. wanted to break my marriage apart for it. Okay, um, this is not the first time he's uh, tweeted at me. In fact, this has been months. Um, yeah. So uh, he says, "It's a beautiful day. I love the hot sun that beats down on my face. I love the wind that blows between the leaves and the rustle. I love crickets that chirp at night under the moon." Um, unbelief its consequences romans 1 like i was like what is he doing and then he like uh let's see what else he says like god almighty has anointed us as husband and wife and we'll be able to repent oh of adultery and be saved and become angels in heaven like we're married jesus wants this i'm so confused like why did he send me this
3: oh because god jesus he has evoked a personal stake no guys sorry he evoked roman 13 whatever he said that actually means you're legally married to him now
0: oh fudge oh no sorry. damn it
3: I'll tell your husband at the so next Game of Thrones party. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. I can't imagine the mentions you get all day on Twitter. I mean, it's it's <laughs> they it gotta be fun, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. What goes into actually making one of these costumes? It's the stuff uh, you especially—I mean, the Pharaoh cosplay you have and things like that. The, these things are not a week of effort. You know what what goes into this, start oh, to finish. Man
0: um each costume i choose i have to like really schedule it out because i'm constantly making costumes but something like pharaoh which is a full set of armor pretty much turning myself into a a robot person and (laughs) that one took me well over a year and at least nine months of like constant work on it
3: and do you see the progress as you're going or do you get frustrated a month in and want to throw it away like what's the what's the mindset like while you're doing it
0: um i mean i feel like i have pretty good vision for what i want the things that like really uh set me back is when i can't like process like a certain thing that's like gonna be really tough to make uh, right now i'm working on a costume where like her entire arm is made out of crystal i have like no idea how to do that but I'm, oh, I'm so like,
1: when I you're trying to warp reality yeah
0: yeah, it's like, and then I, like, what, what sucks is that as I'm making some epic costume, something will come out that looks amazing. Like, just now, Blizzard just announced one of their new skins for Hero of the Storm, and it's a uh, Deathwing Diva, so she looks like, <laughs> like, like an undead dragon lady. What? Oh, it looks so good! And i just like, oh, do I have enough time to make that in between all my other projects?
1: <laughs> That's amazing. How assistant? many things are you working on at <laughs> a time? Uh, Two
0: to three costumes at a time.
3: And okay. do you keep do you keep it uh, kind of structured where it's like, I'm going to do one easy costume, one hard one, and one kind of medium for fun one? Or
1: are they yeah, are it's all like hard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some it, it depends, right? Um, it depends on the season because summertime, it's like anything goes, man. It's Summertime is all con season, so I have like a con every week. And it could be a hard costume or like, you know, a ton of easy costumes or a ton of hard costumes together. Like it's it's right. I, I'm really bad at balancing myself. How
3: do you pick who you're doing? Is it just like, oh, my God, that diva looks cool. I want to do it. Or do you, is it because you think people will like it? You know, what's what goes in the thought process there?
0: I mean, I kind of have to do both, right? Which which uh, is good and bad at the same time um, because I have to be conscious of what people care about so I'm not just wasting my time building a costume that I spent all of this money on but there's no, like, return on it in a way because, you know, like, cosplay's my full-time job so I gotta make sure my patrons like it people are want to buy the prints people want to see it at cons that, like, people want to share the costume so if I just, like, build a costume that, like only I care about and you know it's it's from like some obscure game or manga that no one's ever heard of like that that doesn't please me as like a creator like I need I need outside affirmation that what I'm doing is good <laughs> and, and <laughs> you
1: have someone that you really want to make but you can't justify it because of the popularity or lack thereof
0: yeah, there's tons of, like, art book characters, and, like, art books are even more, like, inside, like, baseball, like, nobody cares about that stuff, because it's, <laughs> it's like, literally somebody's drawing, there's no character attached to it, it is simply the character design, so, like, oh, nobody you just think cares it looks about awesome this. <laughs> But, like, I love those. I love character <laughs> designs. I love sitting there being like, oh, someone designed this, and I'm going to make it in real life.
1: And, oh, I, I, yeah, it's a shame that you have to balance that out, but I suppose that's, that's, that's the trade-off for being able to do it professionally. Yep. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. This summer, it's the perfect time to create your own website. You can make a splash for your business. With Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or even online businesses, because it's online, on the internet. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Analytics that help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization. 24-7 award-winning customer support, and nothing to patch or upgrade ever. You get free and secure hosting with Squarespace. People that use Squarespace are people like jewelry designers, clothing designers, instructors, record labels, gyms and studios, real estate brokers, and gamers. Check out Squarespace at squarespace.com. Register a domain name, start your free website or online store trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code ROBOT to save 10%. That's offer code ROBOT. We're brought to you by Penn State World Campus. It allows you to earn your Penn State degree online from anywhere in the world. Getting more info is easy. Visit worldcampusinfo.com. Penn State World Campus has admissions counselors and coaches available to help you decide if Penn State World Campus is the best fit for you. Penn State World Campus's convenient, flexible online format is a great option if you're a busy working adult or want to set your own pace to earn your degree. Remember, getting more info is easy. Visit WorldCampusInfo.com. Penn State World Campus is ranked in the top 10 online graduate programs in business, education, engineering, and technology by U.S. News and World Report. Learn how Penn State World Campus can help you reach your educational goals by visiting WorldCampusInfo.com. Penn State World Campus, a world of possibilities online.
3: How often do people not recognize it?
0: Oh, I'd say, like, half of my costumes most people don't recognize.
3: Does that break your heart, or is it par for the course?
0: Uh, you know what's great, though? Sometimes, like, because the costume looks so cool, people will end up doing more research into what the costume's from, and they end up, like, falling in love with what I what I cosplayed.
1: Oh, uh, who so, is that? That's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's a good feeling, but I'd say, like, that's only about maybe 30% of the time.
3: That's cool, though. Uh, what were you saying, O'Connor? I'm sorry I talked over you. <laughs> No, that's fine. I, I know I
4: get that feeling because I dressed up as Rick from Rick and Morty, like like one year too early, and then everybody's like, "Oh, when oh. did you take that picture?" And I'm like, "Oh, from a year ago. No one knew. No so, one knew. No one understood." So that, yeah, that's so exactly if you were in it was
3: cool. exactly what you're going through. Uh, I got a Deadpool <laughs> tattoo <laughs> twelve years ago. I got a Deadpool tattoo when no yeah. one knew who it was. I dealt with a decade of people saying, "Hey, is that Spider-Man?" And now it's like having a Superman tattoo. What a bloody like <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, so Ryan Reynolds did, was the best and worst thing that ever happened to me with that movie.
0: Yeah, when it Listen, way you take the popular. good, you take the bad.
3: Yeah, I, I'm really Brooklyn about it. Like, you, you know, I, I liked him before it was cool, but <laughs> <laughs> such is life. No, so yeah,
4: so when you say your your patrons, do you just mean like people on the internet that are just funding your your quest to cosplay, or do you mean like Blizzard themselves are calling you up like, hey, we need you to be Farrah ASAP?
0: <laughs> I assumed
4: I assumed you had Patreons.
0: Yeah, so I have Patreon, and I also work with different companies to make costumes together. So one of my recent uh, companies I've worked with is um, a team they're from Japan and they do uh, a m- bunch of different mobile games and the mobile game I was doing was uh, Valkyrie connect and it's it's I reached out to them I was like hey I really love your game and you don't have any American representation would you like to work together and they're like yeah that sounds like a great idea so that that happened and I'm able to like work with different companies to make costumes um, but then I also have my patreon which is amazing and totally life-changing and I think everyone who is an artist on the internet should jump on patreon uh, before it, I don't know, somehow gets ruined like YouTube
1: did. And like a super saturation or something no, like Because it's, it's awesome that you can have that kind of thing. Just people go online and they, they give you money because they love what you do.
3: It's fantastic. I know that the general counsel of Patreon, he's one of my, my best lawyer friends. And uh, if I had a bet on any attorney who's going to make sure that website stays fair use and free and awesome, it would be him. So oh, I think I think you guys are in good hands. Uh, but but what is your Patreon? Just to give a – we'll do the full plugs later, but I just want no one to miss the opportunity to to see your magic.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, Patreon slash Stella Chu, uh, C-H-U-U. And um, I provide cosplay. Like, I'll make a, a new cosplay every single month, and I'll do, like, photo shoots uh, with it. I'll also provide patterns either related to the cosplay or related to, like, other cosplays that I'll be doing. Um and uh, I'll do tutorial videos, I do vlogs, um, and it's kind of like a different month to month depending on like what my projects are gonna be. Because sometimes I, I'll do vlogs, but if I'm too busy, then I'll do something else.
3: How long have you been on Patreon?
0: A year and a half, I think, or maybe two years. I'm not sure.
3: So do how? Do you do polls?
0: So what?
1: Do, do you do polls? Like, do people vote on it? On you know, on, on like, do you give options and people vote? Or yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, stuff like that. So the way that I've been letting people choose my costumes, because I I'm pretty strict about the way I choose costumes. Um, I it's like I never listen to anyone, <laughs> but uh, at a certain tier there, you get after like pledging for a certain amount of time, um, you get to choose a cosplay for me, um, which is fantastic because it's like I mean they they they've been putting all this money, um, into like supporting my art. They might as well be able to like choose an entire costume for me. So that's coming up at some point. Um, somebody chose Edward Elric. From uh, oh, Full, Full Alchemist.
1: Alchemist. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a really good costume idea.
3: Oh my God, Stella! Yeah. So when Austin and I started, are this you gonna have a blade arm? The, well, yeah, blade arm. Well, yeah. When we started this podcast, Austin would work a Full Metal Alchemist
0: no reference Ghost in, in the, the sh- shell.
3: Oh, was it Ghost in the Shell? Wow, yeah, it's, it's been a while. All right, never mind. So it's not as funny. I thought you hired her to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to. Get have you ever so done a motoco? A motoco? Yeah. I
0: don't
1: know what that is. Oh, I'm sorry. It's good. It's from Ghost in the Shell. See, we we got to work a reference oh, it anyway. Go to hell, Austin. Hey,
0: uh-huh. I, well, I, I want to do the major at some point, but yeah, I, that's wait.
1: Motoko Kusanagi is her name. How
0: do you? Probably, we're not. Wait. There's we're not doing pronounce it. that.
3: There's, God damn it, Austin. Motoko.
0: There we go. Oh, is the other, oh, was yeah. I mispronouncing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Oh, Motoko no, Risenagi weird. Plays in one episode, Austin's it.
3: pronouncing a name offensively.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because there's the, uh, like, American, like, phonetic way, and then there's, like, the Japanese, like, where they, everything's a separate syllable. Do you right.
1: pronounce, uh, do you pronounce Mario, Mario or Mario?
0: I don't, I, Mario. <laughs> oh, yeah, see? All right. No.
1: Wrong. Everything's okay now.
0: <laughs> did you guys see the new photo of him with uh, the we, swim trunks? Somebody yeah. put hair on his chest. Yes,
1: yes,
4: yeah, I, I saw it. that. It was
1: glorious.
0: Yeah. I'm glad everybody got so upset. It's
4: like he has nipples. It's like,
0: what did you
3: expect?
1: <laughs> <laughs> a pink, a pink sheath. Nothing, nothing. You wanted yeah, nothing, I guess. Like <laughs> a Ken
3: doll. He's a Ken doll, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, listen. Uh, well, so that's that. Actually, is is a good question. When you see people dressed up as or cosplaying as a Mario or Deadpool or something like that. Does your does your Brooklyn come out where it's like come on, pick a pick a more obscure character. There's no way Mario is your favorite video game character.
0: <laughs> I feel like I used to think like that um, back in the day when it was like costumes that were obviously bought, but nowadays it's hard to tell and it's and at the same time like I I don't feel that like sense of gatekeeping as much anymore. Like I feel a sense of like oh finally people accept us and they're <laughs> oh that's lovely. We're cool.
3: I'm still a jerk about it for you. I walk around. I'm <laughs> like, come on, Link. Really? That's your that's your best. <laughs> Does that mean you being condescending? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, uh, I I I cowered it out. I really. I so I would never be a cosplayer, but even halfway through, I cowered my way through PAX this year. Because uh, Blizzard actually sent me the. Because uh, my last name is Morrison, Blizzard sent me the Raise the Stakes uh, Soldier Barbecue Grill Bib or uh, Apron. And I, I was going to wear it at PAX for my law panel, and then I completely chickened out. Uh, I know. I'm sure it has year. nothing to
1: do with your Twitter pr- uh, profile picture.
3: No, well, yeah, and also my Twitter profile is Soldier, right?
1: So there's... You're literally... <laughs> you've literally been morphed into Commander Morrison from Overwatch. Yeah, and then I'm fatter in real life. It's great. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> then you should have had, like, the apron. That would make sense yeah. if you ever cook out. Yeah. At you should
0: wear it for Halloween, right?
1: Absolutely. I will. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you could you could meld the two, you could be Commander Morrison with with the apron on, and you can have like a pair of
3: tongs and a spatula. Yeah, you don't play Overwatch anymore, but that's what he wears now. So that's the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, like I
1: guess I can just design Overwatch characters. Yeah, in. that's great. Really. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they have like uh, they made a summer crew for the Overwatch characters. So like McCree's in a bathing suit and soldiers grilling things up and he puts a beer can <laughs> down instead of a. Yeah, uh... you,
4: you think they
0: that they've, they've been made a hot soldier. dad, but he is definitely not a hot dad.
4: No, no, they just made Soldier <laughs> old and just McCree just super sexy. That's yeah, which
3: like
0: what they're It is super for.
3: sexy McCree. Uh, but yeah, so that that's great. And then, uh, the the comic complaints we got online when we put out the tweet were uh, about pictures without consent at the, the conventions. Uh, I, 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 even Tia, my assistant, complained about that a bit when she was doing a photo shoot at a convention. How do you feel about that? Because I think it's it's going to happen. People say, say, oh, cool costume and take a picture. I've done it. Uh, there's a difference between you know an upskirt that, that some people were complaining about but an actual genuine, I like your costume and want a picture. Uh, do you prefer people ask your permission before they do it or, or what's your preference there?
0: I definitely prefer it when people ask me permission. It's, it's definitely really annoying when I get a uh, hit and run.
3: Right. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And, and like, and like professional photography, especially they have to ask for permission um, because it's so disrespectful. Like you're carrying around this like big, like camera, you you either are a professional photographer, amateur photographer, or maybe even someone working for like a news outlet. Like I want to make sure that I look the best in front of that camera. And if you just like snap a photo without asking permission, you're going to get the worst shot of me and everyone loses. Uh, but I've I've learned now, like instead of confronting people and being like, why are you being a dick? Instead, I just like strike like the weirdest, derpiest pose, like I'll, I'll like <laughs> bug or something like that. And then at least I know if I see that photo online, and it's, like, a decent photo that maybe, like, next time I'll give this, like, photographer a chance and, like, be like, hey, like, I actually enjoyed that photo you took of me. Or if I, like, see that photo, it's from, like, some rando, and I'm just like, whatever, that's fine by me. At least it showed off my personality, and I had fun with it.
1: Yeah, and again, it, yeah, like, devil's advocate, you could, before they had all, like, the awareness and the consent stuff, you could see why people would, it might not occur to them to to ask permission when there's, like, ten people walking around in costume in, like, a ten-foot radius and it's like, oh, wow, I'm just surrounded by all this awesome stuff, and they're taking photos.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I've done it. Like, I'm not, I, I feel terrible now, but it, it honestly didn't cross my mind. I was running through PAX, uh, walking, you know, kind of speedwalking to a panel, and I saw these three people dressed up as Overwatch characters that I thought were awesome, and there was, like, a line to take pictures with them, so I just took a picture, of, like, on the outside of the circle.
1: Like, you weren't going to uh, take a picture with them, you wanted to just like, get a photo.
3: Yeah, I just thought they were, it was cool cosplay, I was going to tweet it out, but I, I see now why that's not preferred. Uh, I totally get that, and I'm glad we did this episode. I'll change. Yeah, my again, name. that's that's an awareness you know,
0: thing. To like ask somebody for permission to take a photo because God forbid they say no, and then you're just like really reject dejected, <laughs>
3: right? Uh, and really
0: awkward, and you walk away with your phone in your hand. I've been in that those shoes all the time. I have like the worst problem asking cosplayers for permission to take their photo. It's
3: really really awkward. It, do do what is the reason you would say no?
0: Um, if I'm, like, really tired, um, if I'm busy within a conversation, which happens right, not
3: feeling that's feeling. That's to
0: me as I'm trying to, like, talk to my friends whom I haven't seen in, like, months, and we're talking about something serious, and, like, people can't read the mood, and they're just like, hey, can I take a picture with you? And I'm just like... Uh, and, uh, so, by the way, sorry about your dead dog. Anyway, yes, please take a photo of me. <laughs> yeah. and,
3: and I mean, just so that's that's the truth. If Stella ever says uh, she can't take a picture with you at a convention, she's talking to someone about a dead dog, and just respect it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I, it makes sense. I I will change my ways. I'm glad we did this. And uh, <laughs> do you have any other tips for uh, up and coming? Both, I mean, up and coming cosplayers,
0: amateur cosplayers, cosplayer
1: enthusiasts, people that might be curious about it.
0: Yeah, if they want to get into it, it's really easy nowadays. You can just, like, buy everything you need off of Amazon. And there's, like, tons of companies that sell costumes and wigs and stuff. So it's, like, way easier to do it than before. And if you, like, want to make your own costumes, you just go to YouTube. Or um, There's, like, so many of us cosplayers who are, like, teaching now. Like, we just, like, you know, give our skills to other people. Um. So, yeah, just jump on in. so easy now. Do Tutorial... competitions
1: require... Uh, that you make them yourself or like are they cool with ones that you bought online or can they not tell and you just lie
0: most competitions um want you to make their your own costumes but if it's a really small convention that has maybe like a thousand people attending then they can't be picky but like for big cons like the you know the twitch con contest where you can win ten thousand dollars yeah you have to have made your own your entire costume
3: yourself what tutorials have you done that you recommend to start with
0: let's see i have a tutorial on um how to work with thermoplastic. um so i feel like that's a pretty good that one sounds
3: terrifying
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> i know thermal is such a legit word but it really just means like a sheet of plastic that you can mold around with like a hair dryer
3: awesome so, yeah, that's, so it's that's like really
0: easy to jump into
3: yeah that's a good basis and our, do you know what the video is called
0: uh, I want to say um, how to make a breastplate out of fibra.
3: There's also legitimately scary parts about cosplaying that, at least, I hear as an outsider. I don't even know if they're true or urban legends. But at Gamescom, uh, I heard quite a few cosplayers were, were literally going blind from contacts that they got, I think, like off card Amazon. Contacts? Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about that, Stella?
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, I know this one story of a guy who, whom I met personally. Um, so, what happened with his eyes. His girlfriend was um, spraying her hair in the bathroom of the hotel room, and she she was using a lot of it because I think she was doing like maybe a Dragon Ball Z character or something where her hair has to be like super duper spiked. So it got like all over everything that was in the bathroom, and so he uses the bathroom next, and he goes to like wash the contact. Everything's fine, but he uses his hand to pick up like the bottle of. Um, contact solution and the hairspray is on that bottle but he doesn't realize it and he goes to put the contact in his eye and it like completely fuses with his eye Ah, because of the contact with the water um and so it burns and he tries to pull it out and as he pulls it out it took off like 90 percent of his cornea
3: that's the worst thing i've ever heard in my entire life i almost passed out listening to it is that is he okay
0: i think he's blind in that eye
3: oh my god holy shit i can't imagine that
0: so it's it wasn't uh. the fault of the contact like the contact was you know totally fine it was the fault of the hairspray right so make sure that your hands are clean and all that kind of stuff like now i'm like super duper conscious of that because i use the same kind of hairspray
3: well i the story i heard was about faulty contact so is that one kind of more of an urban legend
0: um, faulty contacts are totally normal, too. Like, I've had friends who got the contacts stuck in the back of their eye, and they had to, like, pry it out from, like, behind their eyeball during a convention with not-sanitary hands and everything. And I was just like, well, why did you do that? Um, so that was disgusting. Uh, this I changed my mind. I don't want to cuss. Yeah,
1: um, I've No, had just don't need contacts. That... Huh? I, oh, I was talking to Morrison. I was just saying, don't need contacts.
0: Yeah, uh, I've had contacts, like... Split at like the corner, like not corner I guess, but like the edges. So like it was it was ripped, which is really dangerous because that could possibly rip my my um, cornea or iris or anything. Um, I let's see, I've had a friend who the contacts burned her eyes, um, and at the end of the day when she same thing, she went to go take it off, but her her eyes were so dry that it like ripped off her cornea and she had to go to the eye doctor and her eyes thankfully like repaired themselves wasn't as bad as the hair, hairspray guy uh but she was really messed up from those contacts
1: wow and and i i can understand the payoff because those contacts it it really it's very striking when you have uh colored contacts as part of a cosplay it really like hits home
0: yeah yeah they look good it's, it's just... just
1: they apparently are incredibly dangerous and it's really scary now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, they're they're definitely dangerous, um, but it's a price we pay because we want to be more accurate with there our you costumes.
3: Go. And um, they look cool as hell. Like, let's be yeah. real. <laughs> uh, I actually
0: have another story about an eyeball, but not related to contacts if you guys wanted to hear it.
3: Sure, Please. do it up. Might as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, my um, friend, Hoku Props, he's a fantastic prop maker. He actually won last year's TwitchCon costume contest. Um, he lost his entire eye Due to an Uh, accident with a pressure, um, like it it was a, it was a, like a bubble reducer for silicone, um, but you use like a a pressure cooker kind of thing, like a, not really pressure cooker, but like it removes pressure, uh, removes um, bubbles from your silicone with pressure. And he had homemade that system rather than buying a proper one. And it exploded in his face and like completely took out like his whole eye on his left side. Or right side. I don't remember. Whatever side it was. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, So, not
1: only is cosplay incredibly fun, but it's also incredibly dangerous.
0: Yeah. Well, he makes a really good Reinhardt. Oh,
4: okay. Reinhardt
0: has a missing eye. I I didn't want
4: to make the joke. Thank you. Yeah, I was
3: like, you know, I'm going to hold off (laughs) on my Reinhardt and Nick Fury jokes for right now. (laughs) Who's the the guy in the Reinhardt costume that is, like, mechanized? That's been at a bunch of conventions lately that
0: I'm blown away by. Yeah, he makes some um, giant costumes. I met him uh, five or six years ago when he was dressed as Bumblebee, and he has like a full-size Bumblebee that's like really well-made, and um, he he can move around in it really easily. Um, oh, so Bumblebee took, was
1: always my favorite.
0: Yeah, so he took uh, all of those lessons and like built this like really epic uh, Reinhardt. He's also the same guy who did Hulkbuster. Oh, the, oh, the, oh the the that
4: Iron, Iron Man! Hulkbuster. I remember that one. That one was awesome. Yeah,
0: that thing was huge. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it, it is just incredible when people decide to bring all this kind of fictional stuff into life. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's pretty rad.
4: If
3: the Kaiju's come, he's the guy I'm calling pretty much. <laughs> all right. So so last bit business side, uh, this is not just make a costume go to convention. There's a whole economy here that that needs to be taken care of. And there's a whole living you have to make. And there's a bunch of sponsors who obviously want the, the people everyone's looking at to be promoting their product. So how does that all work?
0: Yeah, so I feel like cosplayers nowadays are the same thing as like Instagram influencers and um, like Twitter influencers, people like that, because we have like our own fan base and we're not like technically creating products to sell. We're selling ourselves. So it's like exactly the same as like all these people who do like makeup and stuff. Um, And so like lots of ways that we uh, like make money off of that is by... Company sponsorships where they, like, utilize us as their, you know, ads and commercials and stuff um, to, to, to put ourselves out there for, for – put their product out there for the fans to see. And um, also working with companies to, um, like, you know, appear at conventions or do a video or something – and um, also through Patreon, of course, um, and like selling prints, um, making YouTube videos. So a lot of the stuff isn't just like, hey, we we we're a cosplayer, and suddenly money is thrown at us. Like we have to like kind of figure out where what other avenues um, we can monetize through.
3: And besides the costumes, I mean, it's it's cutthroat as hell when you get to the the new up and coming cosplayers. There's some. Uh, very talented people down there that do some cool costumes. There's also some very beautiful people and there's some uh, savvy people. But it's rare you get all three together, you know, and, and you're lucky to have it. But like, what tip do you have to people who are up and coming and try, struggling to get through that kind of tier three cosplayer fame?
0: yeah it's tough, man. Like uh, there's no right way to do it except for hard work, to be honest. Um, if you're really smart about the internet and you can just like get famous overnight, like jump on it, do it, figure out what what the s- secret cheat codes are. I'm always trying to figure that out. Because, uh, like, some people will complain, like, oh, that person just skyrocketed to fame, but they'll die out soon. I'm just like, don't talk shit. You have no idea if they're going to be smart enough to utilize this to propel them forward in the future. Um, like, you're just jealous that they figured it out and you didn't, you know?
4: and yeah, what I would can you imagine do with that level. If you're talented, but you look like us three.
0: That's totally fine because there's plenty of people out there who are just like that. Who
4: you just
1: need enough face masks and. What do you mean uh, just like that? You mean
4: incredibly beautiful? Uh, I'm just saying that we could probably all pull off a good road hug.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's possible. There's plenty. You could
3: be my junk rat. I was gonna say,
0: O'Connor, you're much
3: more a junk rat.
0: The entire internet is super open, and they've been much more like they're not as like critical as they were back in the day.
3: Uh. I disagree with you on that entirely, but I think that this—that's uh, because
1: you deal with like the dregs constantly I re- on Twitter. I,
3: I really must. I just yeah. get such hateful comments all day about anything I do or say. But it, oh, you know. God
1: forbid you ever actually cosplayed as Commander Morris. Oh no, I don't want to scare you away from it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, I would one day. The uh, I just I gotta get in shape. I'm almost there. I'm I'm like ten pounds away from. You being... wear body armor anyway. Yeah, fair. Oh yeah, when the internet found out my found my bar mitzvah picture on my old Facebook. That was the end of it. That was the end of it. (laughs) Uh, But such is life. Is Uh, the only
1: thing you can do, like, put it as your background picture for your Twitter profile? Well, it
3: used to be on my business card. When I first started as a lawyer, my name's Ryan Patrick Morrison, and everyone... you know, there it, it was a, a new young attorney trying to be funny and make a name for myself in the industry. And I would say Ryan Morrison, Irish name, Jewish results. And then on the picture was my bar mitzvah picture.
1: Wait, did you ever actually
3: <laughs> use that professionally? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs>
0: that's
3: great. You got some chutzpah. Yeah, that's right. I, I uh, lied well, for days. But, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a great it, – It I mean that's what's cool about this industry and that's why I'm, I'm very happy to be part of it. It's because that kind of – silliness is is not found upon there's room for creativity here and obviously i wasn't doing it in a hateful way that's why i included the picture of like no really guys i'm jewish it's okay uh, <laughs> uh but yeah so where where do you see this going stella do you think this is going to be uh always kind of a fun niche community or do you think that like more people than not will be dressed up at these conventions soon
0: um I think that it's going to still be a thing for a long time. I just don't know where all there's going to be room for all of these like Internet celebrities, because they're everyone's an internet celebrity these days, and there's more and more people that I see that are like 16-year-old internet celebrities. So it means <laughs> that, that in a few years, like all of these kids are going to end up being quote-unquote internet celebrities. Everyone's going to be a meme, and so what does that mean for people who are trying to like actually make money off of the internet? Like, can we still survive, or is everything's just going to be if everyone's famous, then no one's famous? If, if everyone is on the internet, then like no one really stands out in a way i don't know it's it's weird um, well com- it
3: comes down to hustle i mean there's no way that you're gonna fall by the wayside when these other people are are, are up and coming because you just you work harder than most that's why we wanted to work with you yeah. uh, you know and it, it's across the board even same with us like we with this podcast we Austin and i were doing really well with it and then we missed like a month and then we you know st- we came back and we didn't prepare properly and we did bad content and we saw our downloads drop, and it's because we weren't putting in the right amount of work. Let's not call it
1: bad content. We'll call it n- we'll call it not up to standards. <laughs> Let's enough. call it non O'Connor content. Yeah, like so O'Connor's that. here Trademark to that.
3: save the content. Trademark it, yeah. it. In all seriousness, that's <laughs> it's it's true for anything. If you if you take a breath, there's someone else right behind you on the internet looking to fill the spot, uh, and it's it's tiring, it's exhausting, but it's you know it's why we're doing all this. But
0: yeah,
3: as long as yeah. you enjoy it at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's just, the internet's a scary place.
3: It, it is for sure. Scary but... and amazing and scary. All right, so last things. Where should people follow you? Where should they go to give you money and, and what else? Where where Where's the best places to, to see you on the internet? How can they support your amazingness?
0: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Patreon, YouTube, Twitch, all under the name Stella Choo. <laughs> Yeah, just I, easiest everywhere. way I think is probably just to like put my name in Google and then just like click on every social media thing there is because I put different content on everything. Like my Twitter, filled with memes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely stinking full of memes. Like every day I'm just like shit lording everywhere. And, That's the uh, way to do it. Yeah, Instagram's the best place to see. All my costumes, and then Facebook is probably just a mix of, of like costumes and like ads and stuff. I don't know. I haven't really figured out what I want to do on Facebook anymore. There's some and, videos on there too.
3: And go to <laughs> patreon.com dot slash stellachuu and sign up for the ten thousand dollar a month package.
0: Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, sure,
1: ten thousand. Uh, and someday
3: you'll pick a costume, exactly that uh, that Stella can you know can make. <laughs> Uh, awesome. All right. Well, it, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, we appreciate it and look forward to chatting soon. Austin, you can follow the show at Robot underscore Congress. I can follow the show at Robot I don't know why I said Congress. it that way, but yes, Austin, <laughs> go follow the show.
1: I'll, I'll, I, you know, I, I gotta get on that. I haven't followed it yet. Uh, you can follow Robot Austin at Robot Austin
3: on Twitter. And I'm Mr. Ryan Morrison. And O'Connor doesn't have the internet. Uh, I thanks don't. Again. Thanks again for being here, Stella. Please, I... guys. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Five you want Hashtag five stars mean, only five stars only or I don't Google.
1: hashtag hashtag five stars only you can just, you can say hashtag in real life it's like saying lol in real life which everyone
4: does Say hashtag lol <laughs> that was a hate gum podcast I hate her because, because she started she started talking about because she started the interview with did you see that there's two new heroes in Deathwing Diva and I'm like must not look Let's not
3: look. Let's focus on interview.
1: <laughs> Let's see. Where is this?
4: Uh, oh, wow, It is cool as
3: shit. Wait, where are you guys looking at them? I'll tell them. If you can't figure out how to find something in two seconds using literally a machine called Google, just don't help them. Are we recording new things, or are you just delaying it so you can talk with your friends? Who are you talking to? You! No. No what? <laughs> Stella Chu.
4: Stella Chu. Stella Chu. Or it's like Raichu. No, Pikachu. Gesundheit.
1: I was going to say bro. Raichu.
4: I always upgraded him to Raichu. I didn't care, because my name's Ryan. His name was Raichu. I was all about it.
1: <laughs> well, I just I just figured Blastoise <laughs> would be more recognizable, but then I probably should have just gone with Squirtle.
4: You probably did use Blastoise, didn't you?
1: No, I, I used all the Eevees. I had an Eevee lineup.
4: Well, I have there's an only Eevee. three my... Oh, there's way more Eevees now. There's Shadow and Light Eevees.
1: Yeah, I I know there's a lot. I And I always kept one regular Eevee. Unevolved. I Because I, I saw myself as that little boy. That little boy that had the Eevee. That he, that, and his brothers wanted him to upgrade the Eevee, or to evolve the Eevee, Eevee into other Eevees. But he's like, no, this is my Eevee.
4: That's the one you held on to? I mean, I can't get mad. My favorite Pokemon was Sandshrew. But I mean, out of your basic three, you, which one did you choose? Blastoise?
1: Oh, um. No, I probably went with. I probably went with.
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> Manning and Stella, shut up. The Fire Guy. I said, shut oh, up. You pussy.